rejected, abandoned, unloved, least likely to succeed, no influence, not liked by the family. Words that described in the beginning of his life's journey, the person that we're studying in Bible study. And we've seen God do awesome things in this person's life. If these words resonate with you in any way, or even if they don't, join us. Pick your Bible, your pen, your journal, a nice cup of coffee, your Google on your phone, like I always say, and find a lovely, wonderful place. Relax and let us take a journey to 1 Samuel chapter 16 from verse 14 to 28. Hmm. Can anybody remember lesson one and lesson two? Remember we were talking about David and we were talking about how David started in life. The last one of the family, the least liked, handsome young man, you know, but, you know, quite a lonely life. Nobody would have looked at David in the early years of his life and seen kingship stamped on him. So it's very interesting. A fundamental lesson that I just want to remind everybody is that you never know where people are going. Treating everybody well is a critical attitude to success in life. And then we moved on to the power of God and how things happen in the realm of the spirit that we don't even know about. God was having a conversation with the kingmaker prophet Samuel and how Samuel had had a breakfast prayer meeting and had gone round and round until everybody had to wait to honor the person that God wanted to honor. So we're stepping from there and stepping into the next scene. Now, when people read the Bible, they assume that everything happens sequentially, which is not always true. So if you read a verse and you read the next verse, it doesn't mean it was the same day, the next day. Sometimes there are weeks, there are months, sometimes even years in between one scenario and another. And we believe that there was, you know, some time, no, we do not have a clear definition of how much that time was, but there was a bit of time between verse uh, 13 and verse 14 of First Samuel chapter 16. But what we see is that the spirit of the Lord departs from Saul. And the Bible says a distressed spirit from the Lord came to him. My understanding or my interpretation of that is the hedge that protected Saul from being oppressed was taken away. And therefore, God, in removing that hedge, allowed that this spirit, because God's presence was no longer there, and there is no vacuum in the realm of the spirit. Somebody needs to hear that. There is no vacuum in the realm of the spirit. There is no vacuum. I had to say it one more time. In the realm of the spirit. Somebody's, you're either being controlled by God or you're being controlled by the other side. So the other side comes to take space. But I find it very interesting. The advice that Saul's servants gave to him. They said, first of all, they're, 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 Diagnosis was spot on. They literally were saying, God's presence has left you and God has allowed the spirit to attack you. Isn't that interesting? How did they know that? I mean, I, well, I, I don't even have time to dive into, into how, because that, I mean, I don't even know how they knew that, but they knew. 
And then they said, let's find a hub player, a skill. Now, they didn't say anything about the person being a believer because, you know, Christians, we like to color things. So when we read this, we automatically assume that since they said a hub player, they meant a believer. No, they just meant, let's give you music therapy. That's what they meant. And a psychiatrist, psychologist will tell you that music therapy is real. So they said, let's do some music therapy, right? As in, let's, let, let, let's expose you to soothing music that will soothe your spirit. So music has a spirit behind it. That's what they're saying. So isn't it interesting that you need to now start asking yourself, what kind of spirit is behind the music that I listen to? But that isn't even where I'm going. I want us to look at something so powerful. Because suddenly, suddenly, after the empowerment, the stamp of approval, the stamp of office from heaven, there is an agitation in the palace. An agitation in the palace that requires a divine solution or that requires a solution. Now, it is interesting that when they were talking about the problem, they were just looking for somebody with technical skill. So the very first thing that they mentioned was in verse 16, a skillful player of the harp. That means technical skill, which means that when there is a problem in the palace, the very first thing that they look for is technical skill. So, Let's break it down and understand what is required by the palace. Now, it's interesting that a lot of believers usually want to be in the palace. The palace being the place where the king and his officials sit, where governmental decisions are made, and where people, right, um, get judgment where policies are drawn things that affect the nation and a lot of believers a lot of us want to sit in the palace but the very first thing that the palace is looking for is technical skill so my question is how solid is your technical skills in the area that you work in if you're a communicator, how good a communicator are you? If you're an analyst, how solid is your analysis? If you're an architect, how divinely instructed or how much solution do your drawings bring? Whatever it is, if you're a teacher, how well taught are your students? Do you have technical skills? Because the thing that opens the doors of the palace to you is your technical skill. Now, what is interesting about this as we analyze how people start to be noticed or get into the palace is that a door opener had observed David unknowingly. Which means that as you walk with your technical skill, and this is where I call, I call it the God factor. This is where God brings you in front of the right people at the right time. And this is why there is a saying in Proverbs, or rather, that time and chance happens to everybody. 
It is whether you are ready for your time and your chance. So if you have technical skill, time and chance will happen to you. And you will be ready for your time and your chance. But if you do not have technical skill, the day time and chance happens to you, you will not be ready for your time and your chance. Now, the question becomes, is technical skill just a function of my academic capabilities? What if I'm not the most brilliant in the room? Was God cheating me? Was he sabotaging my opportunity to be in the palace? No, 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 no. God never does that. So let's, let, let's just list out the other qualities that the palace looks for. Then the servant answered. He said, I know a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, pardon me, who is one skilled in playing, which means he has technical skills, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, a man of courage, a man of war, once again, a warrior. So um, someone who has technical skills, who has courage, who knows how to war, prudent in speech, which speaks to self-control and emotional intelligence, a handsome person, which means he is well put together because when you hear handsome, some people think that it is only the features and therefore if you are not as handsome as somebody else, you are at a disadvantage. No, handsomeness is more than the physical features. And the Lord is with him. Did you notice those things? I think they are seven in number. Over the next few weeks, we are going to be taking time to study how God expects us to deal each of these qualities. And we're going to be praying and building capacity, both in the realm of the spirit and in the realm of the physical so that we are ready for the palace. Now, of course, David had been recommended to the palace. So um, Saul sent for him. And um, you do not appear before kings without gifts. So David's father sent a gift. That's a lesson for someone. You do not appear before kings without gifts. It doesn't have to be the most expensive gift, but you do not go empty-handed. And they said that Saul loved David. I mean, he just liked him. And he gave him a responsibility. He told his father he has found favor. And any time David played the harp, something amazing happened in the room. Something so powerful that the Bible talked about in John chapter 1. He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And God was in the, and the word was in the beginning. And he says, and I'll just jump right to, I believe it's verse 3 or verse 4. And he says, in him was light. And that light was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness. And the darkness could not comprehend it. David stepped, literally opened a window into the New Testament as he played music. What did he do? He brought down the presence of God. You know, I love it every single time that I find an Old Testament and New Testament witness of the consistency of God. So God showed us literally the Old Testament through King David. And when his presence comes as light, darkness must step back. And then told us literally in John chapter 1. And then told us with deeper insight 
in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. I believe it's verse 17 or 18 that says that the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened. Right? So where there is light, when the eyes of understanding are lightened, darkness has to push back. And that is deliverance. So every time a carrier of light, every time a carrier of the presence of God steps into a situation of darkness and starts to walk in his area of gifting and technical skills, over that area, darkness has to push back. It has to step back. And that is what the palace is looking for. Do not miss any part of this next few days or next few weeks because we are going to be studying each of the characters of the palace from the kingdom perspective. What does God say about it? What does the Bible say about these characters? How do we grow in these characters? And we are going to pray and equip ourselves and be ready for when time and chance happens. Let us pray. Daddy, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to learn about the characters that the palace looks for. As we study, as we walk with you, may your presence with us increase. And may we have our door openers coming our way. And may we be ready when they come our way. May we not sabotage the opportunities, the time and chance opportunity, the curious moments that you put in front of us. And may your name alone be glorified. Thank you once again, Daddy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, amazing Holy Spirit, for teaching us about your love and the journey to the palace from the life of King David. We love you and we look forward to the next few weeks with you. Thank you for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.